Take your Bibles. Man, I tell you what, I don't know where to go. It's just like everywhere. I'm going to finish up or try to go back through some of that stuff on a, on a steward. Paul, Paul says, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for letting us come to church. What a church, uh, blessing to even have a church. And Lord, thank you for all you've done over the years. And Lord, thank you for the examples uh, down through our Bible that we have. From Genesis to Revelation, Lord, it tells exactly how we're supposed to live in this present evil world. And Lord, and, and get past uh, the things that's in this world to become what you'd have us to be. Father, again, thank you for letting us come tonight. Bless now, Father. Thank you for this time of the season. Let us use it for your honor and your glory, Father. And, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, yeah, it, before uh, we're going to go out and start passing those flyers out. We got the flyer going to be in a bag and you know, chick track and a couple other things in there. Got a bunch of chick tracks in today. Uh, so we'll go out and pass them out. Just put them on doors uh, and just see what happens. The people come, they come. If they don't, they'll still get the gospel. And that's really what it's all about. Paul, Paul said 1 Corinthians 4, and that's where I was last time. Uh, if you go back there real quick. Paul said some strange things. I think a lot of people, when you, when you start looking at it, we don't understand what, what's required of us. Uh, so we, we really don't know, and the world requires a lot. I'm telling you what, man, the brother of this world, I've been in this thing for 66 years. I know exactly what it requires. It requires everything. Uh, if you get into any kind of service where you're servicing people, which everything we do is servicing people. I mean, you're either, no matter if you're in manufacturing, you're manufacturing products to service people. They want, they want your blood. They want your life. They want everything about you, but so does the Lord. There's the, I mean, there's the, it's, it's, it's a balance there somewhere where you have to figure that thing out. And here's the problem. You have to figure it out. Nobody can tell you how to do it. There is no possible way on the face of this planet any one person could tell you if you do this, 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 you're okay. That don't fly. What you got to do is you got to figure this thing out. Somehow you got to figure it out. But it has to be, I think, a desire down deep in your heart somewhere where there's something there that's a yearning that you're looking for something more than what this world has to offer. You may not know that. You just know that there's something missing. And I want more than what, that, what, what is out here. But what is out here is not what I want. It can't be what you want. Uh, you got to let that thing go. He, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 4. Uh, it says, let a man so account of us. So he's talking about himself, of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So Paul has become a steward. Paul is saying, hey, I am a steward I know exactly what, a steward knows what a steward is. I'll tell you that right now. A steward knows. Somebody who's not a steward does not know. A steward knows what a steward is. A steward knows he's a steward. That's what he knows. Uh, and there's some things that come along with that that is, is uh, and you should always strive to be that. I'm not going to say everybody, if you ever want to come across, I don't go nowhere. <laughs> You're talking about, your Bible's the weirdest book in the whole world. I mean, it's strange. Uh, I love it. I think it's crazy. I read it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to finish it up the fourth time this year. And I'm, I'm excited about starting it again in January uh, again, because it's just, you, the more you read it, uh, what I'm really, Dr. Ruttman, they said that he always just read his Bible. And when he said study, he read it. So as he read the thing, he just kept reading it and reading it and reading it. And what you'll find as you read through this thing is some of the strangest things in the whole world. Book of Lamentations, crazy book. How doth the city, Jeremiah says this, he starts this thing. How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? And as I was reading this this last time, I kept saying, Lord, I don't understand why. How did it happen? 
uh, uh, Joshua said, hey, Moses said the same thing. He said, after I leave, you guys are all going to go back to Baal worship. How could that possibly happen? How could, how could it, how could it, how could a city, and Jeremiah's sitting here, it's called the Lamentations of Jeremiah. He's lamenting how doth a city sit solitary that was full of people. How is she become a widow, as a widow, she that was great among the nations, and princes among the providences. How is she become tributary? You read the rest of that book, and what you find is Jeremiah said, how did this happen? How did it happen? How did it happen? How did a nation like Israel, that became what it was under David, and, and all the way through there, how is it this right now? Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. People have lost their, their, their track. They've lost what they were. Or, or, or they never got it. How come only eight people got on the ark? Does that, doesn't that even bother you? Billions of people on this planet probably, and only eight people get on the ark? How come when it's all said and done, my brother Paul is sitting in a prison cell by himself, only Luke is with him, why is that? There's something that everybody else is missing. And a few people get it through life. I think Stephen got it. I think Philip got it. I think Peter, James, John, some guys got it as time went on. I think Paul had it before he got saved. I think Paul studied under Gamaliel, but he didn't just study. Paul was a little bit different. I mean, the guy was, was enthusiastic in anything the man did. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was a steward. A steward knows what they're doing. You know what a steward is? I, and, and, I mean, Dr. Peacock told me that several times. He said, Mike, you learned everything you learned in the Navy. I did. I learned. I was thankful. I was thankful that the United States Navy let me get in. I was thankful they gave me a job. I was thankful they let me go to boot camp. I was thankful they let me ride a lawnmower for six months over on the ETA side cutting grass. I was thankful. I never, I never asked for a raise, never asked for medals, never asked for nothing. I was just thankful. I was glad. I knew that what they gave me, they gave me. I did not earn that myself. There's nothing on this planet you earn. It's none of it's yours. It's all, it's all the trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Have you ever read some of your verses in the Bible and they mean something? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not on their understanding, and all that we acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know what's wrong with most of us? You are trying to be the Lord, not the steward. The steward lets God direct their path. And after a period of time, you learn a couple things. Paul sits here and says, Moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. Now, where I stopped last time was the duties of a stewardship. And a lot of us, we never catch the duties of a steward. A steward is, is a strange character. He's just strange. Uh, all people are not stewards. And some people try to be stewards and aren't stewards. And they make a mess out of it. Because they go into it because they try to do it their way. It's not your way, by the way. It never was your way. It's God's way. You're going to have to figure God's way and do it. You know, God's way sometimes isn't our way. Sometimes the Lord will do something totally different than what we will do. He'll do something totally different. When I, people tell me all the time, well, what are we going to do next? I have no idea. I'm waiting on the door to open up and the Lord show me exactly what to do before I do it. You say, I do that on a daily basis. Ben, ben, uh, ben Rue come over the other day and said, hey, can I help? I said, yeah, what can I do? Stand there. He looks at me and uh, Brian was standing there. I think Mike was there. So what do we do? You stand there. Why do we stand there? Well, because we're getting ready to do something. What are we going to do? We don't know yet. And when we decide what we're going to do, we'll probably change it five times. And then we'll argue about it. 
and yell about it, and then somebody, one of the ladies will come in and tell us that the color's wrong. And then we'll change it again. And then pretty soon we'll do that. And you say, well, that's not very produ productive. Oh, it's done. And it looks really, really good. And you say, well, what is it? That's, you're waiting on the Lord to show you. I, the other day I was sitting out here and I told him, I told these guys, I said, we got to get a bunch of two before two by sixes, da, 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 and I need it. I said, it'll be there when I get there. It'll be in the clearance rack. So me, oh, you have little faith. I go over to Home Depot over here, and I'm looking at some of the stuff, and I, didn't, I called Mike and said, hey, how about this? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything's kind of, kind of warped and stuff. So I said, ah, I'll just this time get all new stuff. So I get a bunch of new stuff, put it in my trailer, bring it over here, we put it in the trailer, in that thing. I leave here, go down to the Home Depot down there, and there's a bin full of wood that's just as straight as an arrow. All the tube of sixes, all the tube of fours, all the tube of twos, all the tube of threes, everything I need is in that bin, 70% off. You say, what is that? It's God's. It's not mine. I have learned that a long time ago. It is not mine. It never was mine. People say, oh, well, the Lord just blesses you. Wrong. You miss it. It is not mine. It's his. And if he's going to do something, he's going to enable you to do what he's going to do. And he's going to make every dime you spend count. If he cared about the widow with two mites, then he cares about every piece of money that he puts in our hands. And it's not about money. It's about your life. It's about life. I started this a long, long time ago, before I went in the Navy. I don't know about you, but I always just wanted to serve something bigger than me. I don't want to serve something that I can achieve. I don't want that. I want something bigger than me to serve. You know what I found? Jesus Christ. He's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. 1 Timothy 3 says this. Now, a lot of people read 1 Timothy 3, and they go in here, and they think about being a pastor or a deacon or whatever. But these, these are examples. This is a, a steward. This is a steward telling you how to be a steward. Just because you read this and understand it and quote it doesn't mean you're a steward. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a steward. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be one. There is, it's a strive. I'm going to get into something in just a second. This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. He's not blameless because he's trying to be blameless. He's blameless because he's serving God. And he realizes he's serving something bigger than himself or herself. You won't ever find a bishop, woman bishop. If you do, there's a problem. But, but there's trying to serve something bigger than them. And they realize that they're accountable to him, and they try to maintain something in front of him. And after a period of time, you'll see this in just a second. Uh, a bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, at a time. Uh, why would you want more than that? I don't know. Uh, vigilant, sober, of good report, behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor striker, nor greedy, goes on and on, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth his own, uh, well his own house, having his children, and subject him with all gravity. For if a man know not how to, uh, to rule his own house, okay, here, watch this one. How shall he take care of the church of God? That is the thing. That is the goal right there. It isn't to have a house. You should have a house. If God gives you one, you should take care of it. But it isn't to have the house. The steward has to be able to take care of what is God's. Not mine. This is the Lord's. This has nothing to do with I got people mad at me right now because they say, oh, well, well when Ellie, she's going to run everybody off, sell everything, take the money. This is not mine. It never was. I had somebody say, well, I want my tithe money back. It's not mine. I can't give it back to you. If any one of y'all come and say, I want this, I can't give you back what you gave to God. 
You gave that to God. How in the world could I possibly do that? But I am a steward over the things that the Lord puts in our path. And that's what you got to look. So it's a lot of people won't do what we did because I don't think they're very good stewards. They're looking at other things. I'm looking at one thing, church. That's all I'm looking at is the church. I'm going to make sure you have a place to come on Wednesday nights. I'm going to make sure you have a place to come on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. I'm going to make you a place where we have a wedding. We have a place to have a wedding. That's what I'm going to do. That's a steward. I know what a steward is. I'm a steward. Now, I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm a steward. I know what a steward is. I know how to become a steward. I know what it takes to become a steward. And I know when I'm not talking to a steward. Because a steward cares about what is God's, not their own. Now, I care about all my stuff, too. But in light of God, that's second. And it's always been second. But what a lot of people do is they put this first, and they try to keep this first, and they lose sight of the greatest thing. Now, brother, we, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. And I'm not the greatest Christmas fan in the whole wide world. I could care less. I heard a preacher the other night say, you know, he was, <clears throat> he was always on December the 25th and all this other stuff. And, and he said the other night, he goes, well, you know, Christmas could have been another time. This is just when we celebrate it. I'm, okay, I'm with you there, man. I'm with you. Right, Christ did have a birth. He did have a birth. And he did have a birthday. Really, in your Bible, it doesn't talk about his birthday. It doesn't do anything about that. But I'm not heavy into that, but I don't care if somebody is. But this time of year, you would think that everybody would be trying to serve him. You would think Easter, we would be trying to serve him. You would just think that. I would think that. But I don't see that. When I, what I see is everybody serving themselves. And then they get mad. They get mad when you say that. Well, I expect that. Why? Paul was in jail by himself. You think the greatest Christian ever lived who told the truth to what he was going? If I read my Bible and I seen Paul sitting there in front of 5,000 people preaching every Sunday morning, I would think I'm doing something really, really bad wrong. Because that would be the goal. The goal isn't that. You know what the goal is? To be a steward. You know what Paul was? He was the greatest steward in your New Testament. 14 New Testament books was written by that man. And you look at what he had to go through to do that. You know what he was doing? I think he was serving Jesus Christ. He was a steward to the Lord. I think before he got saved under the Jewish religion, he was a steward to God. That's why God did to him what he did on the road to Damascus, because Paul was already a steward. He already learned some things. He gets into a deacon. Uh, down in verse 7, he says, moreover, he, uh, let's see, blah, 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 8, verse 8. 1 Timothy 3, 8. This is just some precursor stuff. Likewise, must a deacon be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine. So you can go out and drink a little here and there, I guess. <coughs> I've had people say, <coughs> that's not alcohol. I don't know how you get that. I don't know why you would drink grape juice, not dr that a, a bishop can't have any grape juice, but a, a deacon can have a little bit. I have never figured that. But Welsh is... is, is Grape juice. So, I mean, if, I don't understand that. But anyways, that could be one of my, my uh, frailties. Uh, not greedy, a filthy looker. You notice the whole thing is they're not looking at their own stuff. Holding, uh, likewise, what's the demon? Grave, not double-tongued, not giving him much wine, not greedy, a filthy looker. Holding the mysteries, just like Paul was. He said, over in, he, he said that. He said, moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. Faithful in what? The mysteries. Uh, mysteries of faith and a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Now, what happens today is we don't prove nothing. People say, I'm a missionary. 
And we get all excited about somebody being a missionary. We don't prove, we don't vet them. We don't prove, they've never proved themselves yet. So they can't understand what it is actually to be a missionary. How can somebody say, I'm going to go to the deepest, darkest jungles of South America where the drug lords are and I'm going to win when you don't even know how to work? And there's a thing there. There's a thing. There's a thing you have to Stewardship is something you have to learn. It has to be taught. You know, my dad, I think, was the greatest guy in the whole wide world. I love him for a lot of reasons. But one is that he made me work. And he would wake me up at oh dark 30 and have me out in ditches and everything else. Uh, it's come rain, sun, shine, the snow, sleet, hell. It did, I thought as a postman for the longest time, uh, we just didn't deliver mail. I, I mean, that's just what he did. Uh, he'd fire me and make me get up out of bed the next morning and go back to work. So I was only fired that day. I guess he could stop my pay that day and then start it back up the next day. However he figured it, I never figured it out. But he fed me, he clothed me, he did everything in the world to keep me going. I'm here today because of what he did. Uh, my dad was a good man. He had issues in life, just like a lot of us do. You know, a lot of times, Brother Tom preached a message the other night about grace. A lot of times we, we forget the grace thing and the mercy. There's truth all in this thing, but there's grace and mercy too. And you got to get grace. But in our world today, brethren, we're in a world where the thing is moving so fast that, you know what our problem is? Instead of being stewards, we're lords. We think we, I know people go out there and say, well, you, I ain't going to keep this job unless you pay me. That's not a steward. That's a Lord. That means that you think you're of some value. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm just talking about in the world that I was in. They would go and say, if you don't pay me this, I will go somebody. Our, our society has set that up. So now it has taught us how not to be a steward. It's taught us how to be a Lord. God's not looking for lords. He's looking for stewards. And guess what? That thing is something you learn over all. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis. <laughs> the, the first mention, stewards, stewards, stewards are mentioned in your Bible 18 times. Uh, that, that should show, show you something right there. That should tell you something. Genesis chapter 24. I actually go to 15 first. 15 first. Abraham is talking, and the Lord says he's going to give him a, a, a son. And uh, 15.1 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram, in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Now, Eliezer is his steward. Eliezer, uh, I don't know exactly at this point if he has full control, but Eliezer, as you go down through time, has full control of everything Abraham has. And Eliezer's only thought is to do what Abraham wants. Not what Eliezer wants, what, what Abraham wants. Now, that was 1913 B.C., according to your Schofield Reference Bible in the March. Go to chapter 24. <laughs> chapter 24 is 1860 B.C. That's 53 years later. 53 years later, Abraham has a son. 53 years later, he has Eliezer. 53 years later, it's time for him to get a wife for his son. What he does is he calls his steward Eliezer. First mention in your Bible about a steward is Eliezer. 
Eliezer gives you the perfect example of a steward. Eliezer knew that everything he had was Abraham's. Everything that was placed in his finger was from Abraham. Everything that Abraham had, that Eliezer had, was put in his hands and gave him the privilege and the honor and the th- he was thankful that he could be, he could have been under Lot. <coughs> that would have been a totally different thing. <coughs> so Eliezer is sitting here and Abraham said unto him in verse two there, he, Abraham uh, 24, two, and said, Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, now he's a servant, but he's, he's a steward. Uh, that's what he called himself back there. That's what the, Abraham called him. Uh, that ruled over his house. Uh, and Abraham said to his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had. He's like Joseph. Joseph, when he was going down the tube and he got into Potiphar's house, he was put into everything that he had. Well, in his daddy's house, Joseph was a steward to his dad. His dad put everything in Joseph. A lot of people say, well, Joseph was the dad's son. That's true if the character of Joseph was only to his dad and as a son-dad relationship. But Joseph proves that wrong when he gets put under Potiphar and in, in, as a servant slave, he becomes a steward of Potiphar's house. And everything Potiphar had was put under Joseph's hand. That tells you that Joseph has been trained to be a steward for a long time. Stewardship isn't just something that happens. Stewardship is something that you're trained into doing but you know what, first of all, I think Joseph had the right heart. I think, I think Eliezer had the right heart. Eliezer wanted, he knew he would never be an Abraham. Joseph knew he would never be Pharaoh. But he was really ready to look at Pharaoh's stuff. And, and here's the key to this whole thing. I, people say, well, you learned this. No, when my dad put me out in the field somewhere, I knew what my dad wanted done. And I did it the way my dad wanted it done. I didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. I did it the way my dad wanted it done. So when I left my dad and went into the Navy, oh, I went to work Ken Tyree Firestone. I didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. I did it the way Ken Fiery Tirestone, Firestone wanted it done. When I left there and went to work at Steel Fabricators, I didn't do it the way Mike Elliott wanted to do it. I did it the way the, my supervisors at Steel Fabricators allowed me to do it. They put me on a night shift. I ran every machine in that place. On the day shift, the union, you had one man per machine. I had every one of the machines. I ran all night long. I mean, I could do anything I wanted. Why? Because I did it their way. You know what they knew? That this kid was a steward. He was going to, we're, we're in his mind when he does what he does. He does not do what he does for himself. There's the difference. Most people do it for them. Now, I'm talking about a steward. Do you want to be a steward tonight? Well, this is what a steward is. Paul did what he did for the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not do it for Paul. If you think he did it for Paul, you're out of your mind. Nobody gets beat like a Stephen did not do what he did for Stephen. He didn't sit there and get hit with stones. People say, how did he do that? He did it for Jesus Christ. And whatever come to him at the moment it happened, that's, he took it. And at the end of that thing, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> Could you do that to somebody who does that to you? I'm telling you, brother, it's a, a steward is a totally different thing. A steward is something you've learned. It's something that as you go, uh, that's what Balovich did. You hear me always tell about the little Coke thing and, the, and the, he'd do this and he'd do that and he'd do this. You know what he was telling me? 
you're a steward and this is my satellite station. As a matter of fact, it's not my satellite station, it's the United States Navy's satellite station, which puts us in the United States government. It was so far above my head. You know what I did every day I went in there? I did what Commander Bal I thought Commander Balovich would want. I didn't do what Mike Elliott wanted. I did what Commander Balovich wanted. I did what Chief, uh, Senior Chief Jastrubo wanted. I did what Chief Diver wanted. I did what they wanted. Why? I worked for them. It wasn't about what I wanted. It was what was the, what was the goal. What was the, you know what Eliezer did? Eliezer looked at Abraham and said, what does Abraham work? You're looking at now 53 years later. Abraham can call Eliezer in. He's trusted him for at least 53 years. You know about that here. Everything he's had in 53 years, not one penny, not one camel, not one sheep has ever been lost under Eliezer's hand. Moses did the same thing on the backside of the desert with Jethro. Not one sheep, not one thing. Jacob did the same thing with Laban. <coughs> he did kind of shaky, but he took care of Laban's stuff. He was a servant, although he was got some issues. Jacob's got some issues, but he was a servant. But here in this case right here, we're looking at, uh, uh, it says right here, a, a, a servant must be faithful. To, uh, I've lost it. Duties of a stewardship. He must be found faithful. That can only be done in time. You cannot think you're faithful. Somebody else has to, it's an outward thing. Somebody else has to know you're faithful. Somebody else recognizes you're faithful. You cannot say, I'm faithful. That is not, that's inward. That's, that's self-examination. That's wrong. Abraham knew Eliezer was faithful. Whether Eliezer uh, displayed the attributes of being faithful or not is irrelevant. Abraham had to see that. That's what made Eliezer faithful. That's what made Eliezer a good steward to Abraham. That's what made Eliezer, when it comes time for Abraham to use him, said, hey, hey I want you to do something for me. Abraham, Abraham calls him in. <clears throat> Verse 3, it says, 24-3. He says, and I will make thee. He goes, Abraham said unto his eldest servant, Actually, verse 1, and Abraham was old and well-stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all, the things he, all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of Canaan, among whom I dwell. Now, today, everybody says, well, you can't tell anybody what to do. Abraham did. Abraham said, I want my son to marry this, and, and I want you to swear. What I would like to say about Eliezer, number one, is he believed the God that Abraham had, Eliezer had. Eliezer, number one, before you ever start this thing, you have to get God in your life. You have to have him dead center. You have to struggle to get him there and, and then put him there and keep him there uh, because this world wants to take it away from you. Constantly, day by 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 day, it's never going to quit. I'm 66. I'm going to be gone shortly. I mean, even if I live another 15, 20 years, I'm going to be gone shortly. I've had people mad at me because I won't change. I will not change. I refuse to change. I have been in front of admirals. I have been in front of 70 men that try to get me to change. I'm not going to change for you or anybody else. I'm going to do what the Lord Jesus Christ did. I'm a steward of his, not yours. That's why you can't ever choose. I, the churches that try to choose pastors are insane. 
How can sheep choose a steward? How could sheep possibly choose a pastor? How could you possibly do that? Well, I'm smart. No, you're not. Not that smart. I am sorry you are not. That's a God-given thing. And the only way you're ever going to get something like that is be proven to get it. <clears throat> you know what you got to do? Prove yourself. Not to yourself, but to him. Because you're a steward. You're supposed to be a steward. That's what a steward is. I don't think most people understand what a steward is. We go so far down the path here, but we don't really. It's everything, brother. It's everything. It's everything. There's, there's a, am I telling you I'm the greatest steward in the world? No, 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 no. I've got tons of problems. I've got one that isn't. I want to serve him. That's all I want. Jerry put a uh, manger scene on the sign out here, and it was dark and dingy. During the day, you couldn't, you couldn't see it. At nighttime, it was okay because it's black outside and it's blue, and you can see the manger scene, and it's all blue. And I called him up and said a couple things. He goes, I can't ever please you, can I? <clears throat> I'm like, No. So I want another manger scene. I said, don't worry about it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go find one. And Jerry went out and found it and did a good job and put it at it. That was good. I like that one. The manger scene is bright. And he calls me like he was, I'm going to say this because y'all, the guy is wicked. He goes, well, the only one I can find has got halos and angel wings and this and that and the, and the, and the donkeys and the, and the camels and, and the, the wise men. I said, ain't no way, man. You ain't putting that up on our sign. He said, I know. So he goes back and digs some more. He finds one. He puts it up. He said, I got one. I come over here and looked at it. I called him. I said, Jerry, that's a good job, man. I said, see, I can be pleased. <laughs> now, now, brethren, you know what, you know what he did is, is, is in a little bit of thing right there, he, he said, hey, I, 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 uh, he didn't get mad, didn't get upset. He could have. He could have. He said, you can stink and do it. He didn't do that. You know what he did? He kept doing it until he found exactly what we were looking at, put it up there, and it was fine. You know, we got this in here right here. Connie quit playing an organ for us, and Jerry got the opportunity to pray and play, and he came up here and, and almost crying. He said, I didn't think I'd ever get to do anything for the Lord again. He said, I thought I'd never be able to do this again. That's somebody who does it for God. You don't do it for, you're, you're looking for, you don't see the opportunity ever to come, but the Lord will provide. If, if I'm serving him, that's exactly what he'll do. Eliezer says, I will, Abraham says, I will make thee, verse 3, I will make thee swear by the Lord. Eliezer is getting ready to swear by the same Lord that Abraham has. So the number one thing you've got to have is Jesus Christ. You've got to serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. You cannot. It's no other way. It's not anybody else external. It is him. Without him, it's, it's impossible. You can't do it. He said, uh, uh, the God of heaven, the God of earth... And thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, among whom I dwell. Verse 9. And the servant put his hand, it was a willing thing. <laughs> he stuck his hand under the thigh, and you know, you get some weird people say different things about that. But uh, the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning the matter. And you'd say, well, how do you know that? He's just a servant, and he's just doing what the Abraham told him to do, and, and that's all he's going to do. So he's just, you know, minding his boss. Uh, verse 10, and it says, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his masters were in his hand. The master could trust Eliezer with everything he had. Eliezer never looked at people. He never looked at persons. He never judged, made judgments called by anything other than what was in front of him and what his master said. What would my master Abraham want? 
He didn't look at his friends. He didn't look at nothing. He looked at what would my master Abraham want. And that's what he did. And if you don't like it, I'm going another way. Don't care. That's what I did. You know, when it comes to God sometimes, the Lord Jesus Christ, you got to do the same thing. you got to be the same. To be a steward, you got to realize it's his stuff, not yours. Now, most of us never really realize what a steward is. So we go on our lives and do whatever we want to do, never realizing that one day I'm going to stand before him, and he's going to say, he tells you the stories all through there. He gave everybody a pound, and one took five and made ten. He made ten for his steward, his master. The other one got one and made two. He made two for his master. He was a steward. But the other guy, you know, he had another parable. Somebody preached on it the other day. Uh, the steward came in and owed him, uh, uh, I don't know how many talents, tons of them, and, and, and he forgave him. And, and instead of doing the right thing, he went right out and it was a total jerk. You owe me, you know, 50 cents in, instead of these millions of dollars. And going to throw him in prison for the 50 cents. The guy never learned what a steward was. A steward, he should have been thankful, number one, that his master forgave him. And then try to do whatever he could to, to regain that trust that he had from his master. That's what he should have done. But he didn't do it. Eliezer is the perfect example of that steward. And the servant took ten camels, everything he had, and he went to Mesopotamia. Verse 11, and he made his camels to kneel uh, down without the city of the well. And here's the, here's the key to this thing with Eliezer. Uh, by the well of water at the time of the evening, and uh, at even even at the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord my God, Eliezer is praying to the God of Abraham to give me what my master Abraham asked me to come and get. Lord, I'm ensuring, I'm, I'm not jumping chain of command here. My master Abraham sent me, I want you to make my way prosperous. You get on down in here and Eliezer starts talking to uh, uh, Rebecca's uh, father, and uh, he says, look, tell me right, right from wrong. If you're not going to do this, I'll go another way. I'm not going to play no games. I'm here to get one thing for my master. That's what I'm here to get. I've got all this stuff that's in my fingers. I don't care about that stuff. I'm here to get something for my master. You know what happens to a lot of us? We forget that we're here for our master. First of all, you never know you're here for your master until you get saved. And then once you get saved, that's, you've got a lifelong journey to learn how to be that. 53 years later, Eliezer is trusted with everything God has. Now, let me ask you a question. Could God trust you with everything he has that you wouldn't spend it on yourself? Now, I'm not saying that you can't have stuff. I didn't say that. I never said that. But there's two sides of this thing. We'll get so wrapped up in this thing that we think we have to have all this stuff. And God, could just, we can put him on the waiting list. But I don't work for these people over here. I work for the Lord. The last probably 15 years of my career in, the, in LexisNexis and EDS, and even, I mean, really, when I got out of the Navy, I probably should have never went to work for any secular company. I was already sick of it by then. I knew, I knew this world had nothing for me, and it was only going to get in my way to serve Jesus Christ. I already knew that. But it still took me a couple more years to figure that thing out. And I needed a way out. And I prayed Monday for a way out, and by Thursday, I had that way. And, and I called, for just, called a friend of mine just for some advice, and he laughs at me on the phone and goes, Duh! 
<clears throat> you know what that is? I wanted to be a steward. You know what a steward is? I had medals all over my chest when I got out of the Navy. I didn't ask for a single one of those. I did what I did because I did what the captain wanted. Brother Murphy could come in here and tell you that. Them guys like that used to tell me all the time, how come you're a jerk from 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon? Because I'm the captain's. I'm not yours. And we're going to do what I think he wants done. And I don't care what you, you'll stay here till midnight and go to bed and wake up in the morning and we'll start it all over again. Or you'll just do what I tell you to do. You know what's, what's a lot of people don't get? Well, see, I had control then because you can't, you're, you signed up for six years. I got you. Brother, you know, I, I don't have that here with you. Somehow the Holy Spirit has got to get into your lives and show you that you are stewards or future stewards. Just because you get saved don't make you a steward. Paul is a steward. Paul knows exactly what he is. I know whom I have believed in and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul knew exactly who he was. I think so many of us don't know who we are. Or we're just casually okay with what we have. But brother, I'm telling you what, one of these days, this thing called a rapture, they, uh, I started laughing. I shouldn't probably laugh. <clears throat> but there's some Turkish uh, ambassador, do you read that? Sitting there railing on e Israel, railing on him. Muhammad's going to come down and he's going to do a lot of The guy's stinking, goes down with a heart attack right there, man. I'm laughing, man. I'm like, yeah, that's it, man. He's in there. I don't know where he's in, some Turkish uh, stinking Congress or whatever, railing on him. And the next thing you know, he falls over, boom, hits his head. They have to take him out of the ambulance. Says he's in critical, he's probably going to die. And then I read my Bible. And, and, and Abigail comes along and Nabal, Nabal is churlish and all this other stuff. And his heart hardens. And 10 days later, he dies. So the Lord likes saying, I don't always kill him immediately. Sometimes I wait 10 days and then they die. I'm waiting for this guy to bite the big one. I'm like, man, this thing is, this is getting cooler and cooler by the moment. You know what? I serve that God. And he can do whatever he wants to do to me or anybody else. I told him, I said, Lord, I've been doing this for 43 years. I'm getting kind of tired of being a servant thing. And he goes, Eliezer did it for 53. You ain't there yet. I'm like, ah. I said, that ain't right. Well, uh, Moses did it for 80 before he started. I'm like, ah. Oh. I said, Lord, I still got, <laughs> I mean, I still got another 10 years to go before. And then Job, I mean, you ever read your Bible? You know what these guys all wanted? To be stewards. Stewardship, brother, I'm telling you what, stewardship is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. There is nothing, there is nothing that beats serving Jesus Christ. There is nothing. This world will make you miserable. This world will steal your joy and your happiness. It'll make you think you should have stuff that you, you should or maybe you should or should not have. I'm not saying, man, I tell you what, there's rich people, there's poor people, and there's everybody in between. I ain't saying any part of that. I'm just saying this world will make you think something because you don't know what the other thing is. I started on the back porch and said, hey, I'm messed up. And I know I'm messed up, and I'll always be messed up, and I'll never have nothing. But boy, I'm sure glad you gave me something. And I went off with just that. And nine years later, I meet a wife who, now, I tell you what, why would God give me a woman like Beth that does every, everything in the whole wide world ten times more than I do, 
She wears me out. You get two for the price of one. Do you understand? And actually, you got a better one in her than me. If I ask every lady in here to stand up and say, do you think Beth does stuff? Yes. Why would God give me a woman like that? I'll tell you why he gave me a woman like that. Because he said, I got you as a steward and you're going to need a wife like it. Because I joke about her putting my blankies on. She loves doing that. She loves making me coffee. She likes making me breakfast. She likes doing anything in the world for me. Guess what? I like doing stuff for her. It, it pays back and forth. <clears throat> I've had 34 good years. 34 good years here in the 28th of this month. It'll be 34 years, right? 36. I got it. I got. I got that. <laughs> 34 good years, and all I ever wanted to do was serve Jesus. When I met him in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980, from that day forward, I wanted to learn about him. Not about this, not about great preacher. I just want to learn about him. And what I've learned in 34 years is he says, Mike, it's all mine. Your wife is mine. Your kids are mine. Your cars are mine. Your house is mine. Everything I have, everything you have is mine. What do you think about that? I'm good with that. You can have it all. I said, it doesn't do me any good. I'm going to die one day and it's going to go away anyways. I don't care. It's all yours. Now, it isn't that you can't have some. I didn't say that. It's where you put the, the emphasis on that. When, when Eliezer had it in his hand, Eliezer could stop at McDonald's anytime he wanted to. Or McDavid's. I was in, in, in Israel, and at the top of the uh, Mount Carmel, there was a, a restaurant up there called McDavid's. <laughs> I don't know what they served. I never stopped in there, but, but I remember seeing McDavid's. So he could have stopped at McDavid's anytime he wanted to. He had, he had guess what? You know, I, I feel the same way. I stopped anywhere. Beth told me the other day. She goes, Mike, you did it again. I said, what did I did? She said, you went to Kroger's. I said, yeah. She said, you bought Pepsis and everything else on the church credit card. I'm like, okay. I'm like Eliezer. I got my daddy's stuff, man. I said, it's all mine. It's all mine. And I said, well, she'll straighten it out. And guess what? Uh, <laughs> Sandy and, and uh, Jerry will make sure she straightens it out. But I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, it's one of those things where you get, I get confused. Guess what? I do it the other way, too. I can't tell which one's which sometimes. They look the same. They really do. And, and I try to keep them on one side and keep them on the other one, but it don't really hurt. And then I thank God. I said, Lord, thank you for Sandy. I remember Sandy came in. And uh, we had a problem before that with uh, another young lady, a little lady that <laughs> irritated everybody, and they were all going to quit. But Sandy came in, and uh, she was sitting back here, just, just as sweet as she could be, little, little face like she had, just smiling all over the place. What can I do? What can I do around the house? You can't preach. Can't let you do that. Can't be a deacon, S. I said, you can't do this. You can't do that. In my mind, I'm thinking all this. I'm like, Lord, I said, Sandy, what can you do? She goes, well, all I ever did was take care of business books for all the big companies. That I I'm like, bing. <laughs> I never knew what I was getting myself into. Receipt after receipt. You know what that is? That's God saying, hey, I got a steward here. I'm going to bring you some help to do what you need to do. You have access to everything I have. Be honest with what you got. I tell them all the time, I say, look, I mess up. I mess up. And you may catch me messing up. If you do, I'll straighten it out. Do I not straighten it out, Jerry? 
eventually. <laughs> he came up the other day, that we, had a, we had an offering. And I sit up here and I put in there $200. I'm going to give $200 this offering because I didn't have $200 in my pocket. <laughs> I throw it in the plate. Here comes Mike about uh, two months later. I think it was like two or three weeks later. He goes, do you remember this? I'm like, that woman now gave us me, Lord. She didn't do it again. Well, I never told her, so she couldn't have done it. <laughs> and then I, I said, Beth, and it took her another week and a half to put the money in the plate, but it got there eventually. Jerry actually showed me the check. It got there. You know what that is? That's just God saying, be honest with my stuff. That's all you got to be is just honest. I didn't say you're going to mess up. You know, Eliezer had access to everything Abraham had. You know what Abraham was? He was a great steward to God. That's why God could use him. It isn't being in line. I've known people who wanted to just be in line. It's the next step. No. God only needs one or two stewards every now and then. He only needed one Eliezer. He said, one of his stewards, <coughs> I'll stop here. Excuse <coughs> me. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in the visions, saying, Fear not, Abraham, it's Genesis 15:1. I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, saying, I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer or Damascus. And another place it, it, starts, it says stewards. Eliezer, uh, Abraham had many stewards, other stewards. But this one was the one he could trust more than anybody else. This is the one that was in charge of everything he had. He didn't even have to tell Eliezer what to do. Eliezer was thinking what they want to do. You know, that's some of the funnest things you ever could do in your possible life. Have you ever tried to outdo God? Have you ever tried to do that? I used to do that on ships of captains all the time. I'd walk on a ship, and, and in a ship would be like this whole building here, and each one of these rooms would be, somebody had to be responsible for that room. So I'm an ETN, I was in radio, but every now and then, like the nursery, you'd have the nursery would be attached to your things, and that's the rooms that they give you on the ship that you had to take care of. You know what I told my guys? I said, here's the deal. We got to take care of the fire hoses down this hall. We got to take care of this stuff here. We got to take care of that stuff here. There's four or five rooms all over. We got some marine birthing down here that has to be taken care of. We got to take care of all this stuff. We're going to go make all those rooms look brand spanking new. And I'd go get sprayers and do whatever they had. We'd spray them places out and make them look brand new. Why? Because that's what the captain wanted. You know, nobody else on that ship did that. I can't tell you how many times I watched him open the door. Turn the lights on, back away like this. Ah, it's another stinking ET space. Never even look at the bullseye that's on the wall. It tells you it's an ET space. It was so bright and shiny in that room, it looked like he was walking into heaven. And he would walk away and he'd cuss me out on the way out of there. And then he'd meet me out there on a the flight deck somewhere and say, Ellie, you make everybody else look bad. No, I don't make them look bad. I'm doing what you want. Now, brother, sometimes that costs you. When I got kicked out of that chief's mess, I knew I could not do what they wanted me to do. That was against the Lord. But I had to stay on that ship for four more months. I never told her one thing. She's telling me a thousand times. She said, Mike, I never knew what you were doing when you, that four months you was on that ship during that time frame. I never told her nothing. That captain, the day I left that ship, called me to the stateroom. He said, Mike, you were a better ET these last four months than you were the whole time. You were the best ET I've ever seen in my life, but you were better. You know what I told him? I said, Captain, I would have died for you. Even in these last four months, I would have died for you. You're still my captain, and I'm still going to do what you want. And I don't care what you do to me. He said, you go down and put your chief's uniform on right now. You're a chief. You are not leaving this ship without your chief's uniform on. 
And I went down and put that thing on, and I walked off that ship. I still hurt. It still hurt. It like I, it hurts to this day. But I'm a steward to Jesus Christ first. The Navy second. And when they crossed, one went off to the wayside. And it's been that way ever since. You know what a steward is? A steward knows what a steward is supposed to do. Let me ask you a question. Are you a steward tonight? Do you even want to be a steward? You have to want to be that, by the way. A steward, a steward has to be found faithful. Proverbs 26 says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. We're all good about saying how good we are. He goes, but a faithful man who can find. You know why it took Eliezer 53 years to get there? You know why it took Joseph all that time to get brought down to the prison before you get up to Pharaoh? He had to be proven as a steward that in any circumstance in your life, you will continue on doing the exact same thing you're supposed to do and not quit. Not quit. I want to quit all the time. I keep telling the Lord I can't. I said, Lord, I said, be my luck. I'd quit about two seconds later. The rapture would happen. I'm going to be standing right before you, and you're going to go, you knew. Why did you do that? He said, I don't care if you fall. I don't care if you stumble. I don't care if a righteous man falls seven times, get back up. That's what you do. He goes, Mike, you know I'm full of grace and mercy, and I love you. I know you're, he said, I know you're frame, you're but dust. I got that. He goes, but you should be looking at me. What would your father want? Not what the world wants. And if you look at what your father wants, you're going to know your father wants you to get back up. So you get back up. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, thank you for this time and season. Help us use it for your honor and glory. Lord, help us always remember, Lord, that we're, you made us above the angels. You said that we may become the sons of God. Lord, we're more, we're more than what this world could ever even imagine. This world could never offer me what you offered, Lord. And, Lord, just to serve you is a privilege, it's an honor, uh, Lord. And I may be miserable in that, Lord. I may not be doing exactly what I should be doing all the time. <coughs> but, Lord, I'm thankful that I get to know who you are tonight. And in 19, or 2023, Lord, that I, I'm still here, and I still know that you're my Savior, and you're still my King. And, Lord, uh, just always show us exactly what you want us to do and help us to do it. Lord, put before us the things that you'd have us to do. Make it perfectly clear, Lord, that, that we, and, and help us to do them. Uh, you'll never uh, give us something unless you enable us to do what you want us to do. And, Lord, again, thank you for a church. Lord, I do pray that what's getting ready to happen here with the tracks and everything else, Lord, that you put your hand upon that. Lord, that you'd be with Brother Tom tonight. Lord, his eyes, uh, he's at home with his eye problem. Uh, had surgery today and just uh, comfort him at his house. And, Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, I just bless us through this season. And, Father, we'll praise you not only in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.